0: We're going to continue our study of Out on a Limb as we take a look at the story of Elisha and Elijah. And Elijah's a prophet about 2,600 years ago. And today may be one of the funnest messages I ever preached. It's a little tough, some of the topics we're going to deal with, but we're going to take you on a geographical challenge. And uh, I'm going to show you just how amazing God really is. I was on a flight two weeks ago to Lima, Peru. It's a five and a half hour flight. And I decided to do something that I've never done before no movies. No music. I had my headphones. I had all the stuff I normally had. But I decided that I was going to spend five and a half hours thinking. Thinking. Now, that doesn't sound hard. Try it. Try it. I was exhausted. Now I know I don't have as much to work with as some of you. But for five and a half hours, the Bible calls this meditation. And I just started with the Scripture, and I started thinking about it, and then I'd go to another one, and then I would just think about God, and I would just kind of, and I just spent five and a half hours thinking. And I started from this passage in 1 Kings 19 that I knew I was going to get to talk about. So here's here's how the story started. You know, Elijah is worshiping the true God. He challenges King Ahab. He's got the false gods. They're worshiping uh, the Baal gods and, and Ashtoreth. They're sacrificing their children to these gods. God said there'd be no rain for three years. And so we've got all this stuff playing out. And there's a confrontation. Elijah prays, fire falls from heaven and destroys the, the altar that, that, that Elijah has given as a sacrifice to God. Elijah goes down to the river. Remember, it was a, it was a, a Wild West show there. And 850 false prophets were killed that day. And then Queen Jezebel says, after this great victory, arguably, nobody's ever had a moment like this except when Jesus walked out of the grave. He said a prayer, and God sent fire immediately to consume the altar. Nobody's had a day like this. And Jezebel said, before this day's over, son, I'll have your hide. And he runs away. Let me explain to you what happened to Elijah. Elijah. If you've ever had a real high moment in your life, you know you can only stay on that high for so long. If you've ever had a real low moment, maybe it was grief, maybe it's, it's dealing with the death of someone or cancer or divorce, and you look at people and they're so strong, and you're like, how are they doing this? I say, just keep watching. Because eventually your body runs out of the chemical gas called serotonin that it needs to run on. And when that happens, you go into a collapse. We call it anxiety. We call it depression. And when you get into one of those holes, it is a very dark hole. And it is very difficult. Jeremiah was there. Jonah was there. Jesus was there. Elijah is there at this point. Elijah should be on top of the world. He's had this incredible moment. One woman says, I'm going to kill you. He had a thousand people wanting to kill him just a minute ago. And he runs. He runs all the way from central Israel down to southern Israel. And he says, God, I wish I could just die. Well, he could have stayed where he was if he wanted to die. Jezebel had already promised that deal for him. But he's mad at God. No, he's not really mad at God. He's just exhausted. That's what happens to your body. Now listen, statistically, one out of two people in America is dealing with some kind of anxiety or depression. So you can look around you in number if you'd like. One, two, one, two. Uh, You can start with me because I've had it for 10 years. I'm on several medications to keep me. You think I'm crazy. You should see me when I'm off my medication. And you know what? It's okay. It's okay. When you break your arm, you go to the doctor. When you have chemical problems, you go to the doctor. And there is nothing anti-faith or anti-Christian about going to the doctor. And anybody that tells you that, let me, let's break their arm and tell them to pray about it. All right? You'd never do that. But when it comes to mental illness, somehow it's you're lesser of a Christian if you go get help. Absolutely not. In fact, both. Do both. Yes, you need to pray. Yes, you need to get biblical counseling. And yes, you need to go to the doctor. And all three of those helped me. And in this story... God uses that exact plan. Elijah gets talk therapy. Elijah gets physical therapy. God's going to make him sleep. God's going to make him eat. God's going to talk to him. He's going to give him counsel. Then God's going to send him right back and go on to do the work that God's called him to do. So he's laying in the desert down in southern Israel and he's going somewhere. This is where it's going to get good. He's going on a 40-day trip. He's already in the middle of the desert. Where's he going to go? I'll show you in a minute. All right. But God says, listen, if you're really going to go on this journey, you need to eat some bread and drink some water. Remember he's in a famine. So God provides for him so he can make another 40 day trip into the desert. So stand out of respect for God's word. We'll, uh, we'll take a look at this passage. So after he traveled those 40 days, he went into a cave and he spent the night. And he replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. voice, a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and he went out and he stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied, when you're depressed, you have a tendency to replay things. I've been very zealous for the Lord God almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars. The record just keeps playing and put your prophets to death with the sword. And I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. The Lord said, okay, it's time for you to go back the way you came, go back to Damascus, and he's got a job for him to do. All right. So, Father, as we look at this passage today, there's a lot of people hurting. Some are dealing with depression, some anxiety, some even suicidal thoughts. Remind us today to quit listening to the noise of the world to get still and be with you and let you speak to us in that still, small voice. Let us control the voices that we hear. And, Father, remind us that at our worst day, we're never alone, that this world is full of believers. We may be alone in our family. We may be alone at work. We might be alone in our community, but we're never alone, and that's the power of the kingdom of God and the church itself. So, Father, I pray that you would speak to people's hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, now's where we're going to have fun. I cannot prove everything that I'm about to say to you, um, but I challenge you to disprove it, okay? So, I just, there are things in the Bible that just make me ask questions. Because I work from the premise, as I've told you many, many times, the Bible is true. It is the Word of God, right? We agree with that. So nothing is there by accident, and God has a way of taking us around the same places until we get things right. Like when you're taking a test and you're like, I don't know the answer to number two, I'll just skip that. Well, eventually you have to go back and do number two. And number three, it's like I don't want to deal with this one. Well, okay, fine, hop over it, but you're still going to have to come back and give some kind of an answer. Well, that's what happens with this mountain. Now, they tell you Mount Sinai is in Egypt. It is not. It never has been. That is the tourist place to go to. But I just just bear with me just for a minute, all right? <clears throat> so here's a, a map of the Middle East. <clears throat> so we've got we've got the the creation of Adam. Where did that take place? Good question, Job. According to the rabbis, Adam was created on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. Makes sense. It's also where Adam is buried. It's where Jesus was crucified so that the blood that Jesus shed ran down onto the sins of Adam. Very same mountain. Very interesting. But it says in Genesis that God placed Adam in a garden... Where? In the east. East of what? East of Jerusalem. The Garden of Eden, we think about right here. There's four rivers that are mentioned in the Garden of Eden. The Tigris, the Euphrates, the Gihon, and the Pishon. Okay, the Tigris and Euphrates are here. Probably the Nile is the other one, and the Ganges River in India is the other one. So there is the Garden of Eden. Okay? So in the middle of the Garden of Eden is Saudi Arabia. Now let me tell you about a mountain there. There is a mountain there that has a tree on top of it. Moses ran into that mountain. Does anybody remember that story? What happened to that tree? The bush. The bush burned, but it was not consumed. There was a fire on the mountain. And it drew Moses there. And Moses went up there and God told Moses, let my people go. Yeah. And then he would come back Years later, with all of Israel, and they would go to that same mountain, and that's where he got the Ten Commandments. That's Mount Horeb. But let's back up, because this mountain is right here, okay? And what's interesting is in Arabic, the mountain's name is Jabal al Laws, the Mountain of Laws, or the Mountain of Moses, Ask an Arabic-speaking person where it happened. They'll tell you where it happened. It all happened on a mountain right here. All right? Now, here's a picture of the mountain today. All right? This looks like a shadow. It is not. The top of the mountain is burnt. It looks like a volcano. It is... This has all been burnt, this rock. Now, what if... just, Just hear me out here. I went back to Genesis, and it says that after Adam and Eve sinned, they hid from God. How do you hide from God? It's in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. It says, they heard the voice of God walking in the forest, and they hid themselves amongst the trees. And I'm thinking, how do you hide, how do you hide amongst trees? Well, I know what I'd do, go hide in a cave. Hold on to that thought. So Moses goes, sees the burning bush, goes back. Moses spends 40 days twice praying and fasting on that mountain. You think he just laid on top of a mountain? No, he's inside that cave. Elijah travels 40 days to get somewhere to meet with God. Where would he go? Well, he'd go back to the mountain of God, wouldn't he? Wouldn't he go back to the same mountain? Wouldn't he go back to the same cave? Oh, yes, he did. Because he wanted to be in contact with God himself. Why else would he make the journey? Remember, it was a 40 day journey. So then, you read Acts chapter 9. In Acts chapter 9, the Apostle Paul becomes a Christian. He's walking from Jerusalem to Damascus, Syria, straight north. And along the way, what happens? Paul hears a voice. And it's the voice of Jesus that says, I am Jesus, why are you persecuting me? Saul goes blind before the story's over. He accepts Jesus, he's baptized. And then... He goes away for three years. Where'd he go? Oh, that's a good question. In Galatians chapter one, Paul said, I did not want to be built on Peter's ideas or James's ideas or John's idea. So he said, I went to Arabia. Where'd he go? Same mountain, same place, same cave, three years so he could be alone with God. So I now have everybody on this mountain except the one guy that I need on the mountain, Jesus. And I thought, well, Jesus wouldn't need that mountain. Matthew chapter 4, Satan is tempting Jesus, the third temptation says that Satan took Jesus to a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world. And he said, if you will worship me, all this can be yours. And Jesus said, no, you will worship the Lord your God only. Could it be that God used the very same mountain where Adam made the decision to turn his back on God, where he gave Moses the law, where Elijah goes, where Paul's going to go, that it was this same mountain? So I looked up what the historians said. They said it was a 40-day walk from where Jesus was To the mountain. Now, let's take a look at all of this. So here's the mountain. There's what it looks like in the distance. Here's the cave, just in case you're wondering is there a cave? And at the bottom of this cave is the altar that Moses built 3,500 years ago. If you're wondering if any of this stuff is true, the altar that he built to worship God is still there at the base of that mountain. The Saudis have it all fenced in and camered in. They just as soon we not prove that the biblical story is true. All right? Now there's your setup. So Elijah goes and he goes to this cave to hang out. You know Why? Because it was really noisy where he was. He's been listening to these false prophets. He's been listening to King Ahab. He's been listening to King Jezebel. And you see, for us, it's ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN, uh, Fox News, uh, the Daytona News Journal, the Orlando Sentinel. The noise is everywhere. And if you listen to the noise, nobody's a Christian anymore. The water's terrible. We're all going to die. The the, the, waters are, the, the the oceans are rising. We'll probably be underwater next week. There'll be no food left. Uh, this, this coronavirus is going to kill us all. You know what? Maybe all of that's true, but I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. Guess who the heroes are in Hunan right now? It's the Christians. While everybody's trying to get out, the ones who can... The Christians are going door to door taking care of people and preaching the gospel. Because for once, the Chinese don't care. Those people are all dying or they're sick. And so the Christians are doing exactly what you would expect Christians to do. But listen, there's so much noise. There's so much noise. And listen, I like noise. I like watching football games. I like, I like, I sleep to NASCAR races. I like noise. But the truth is, Sometimes you've got to get alone with God. So God let him go all the way out in the wilderness, put him out in a cave, and left him there for 40 days. So that Elijah's whining for 40 days. And listen, here's the deal. When you've got anxiety, when you've got depression, you get time. I always tell people that. You get time. You get time to, to, to be this way. Not forever, but you get time. You have a right to be anxious. You have a right to be depressed. However, we don't want to stay here. You don't want to stay here. So, what do we do? Well, God got him up, got him eating, got him drinking water, got him talking, and said, Okay, let me show you something. So, there was a strong wind that ripped the rocks apart. What did it say? God wasn't in the wind. God sent a fire. God wasn't in the fire. God sent an earthquake. Now, here's what's interesting. God's been in all those things. Do you remember? God was in a fire when he spoke to Moses on top of that very same mountain, right? And the wind, we've dealt with wind all throughout history. You've got got it with the Egyptian plagues. You've got it with Job. And then you've got the earthquakes. We've got those happening. Fire falling from heaven. That just happened with Elijah just a few days earlier. But God does all of these visible things and God wasn't in any of them. And then what happens again? A voice. In the beginning, God spoke and the heavens came into being. Adam was hiding because he heard the voice. It was a voice from heaven when Jesus was being baptized that said, this is my son whom I love. Listen to him. In Isaiah chapter 30, verse 20, it says, when you're struggling, don't look to the left or the right. Don't listen to either side, but you listen to the voice of God and you walk in that way. So God was not in all of that. Sometimes God is. Sometimes God shows up in an earthquake or a fire or or heavy winds. But God's best means of communication is still His still small voice that you hold in your hand. And the reason that we struggle so often is, listen, who doesn't want to pray and have fire fall from heaven? I mean, don't you have an enemy list? I know you're all good Christians. Don't tell me that every one of you don't have a list. God, listen, I I know it's not right, but if you were going to send fire from heaven, here's three people. I mean, you know what? Every one of us has got a list like that you're like, dang it, I'm supposed to pray for them. But that's not how God works. Sometimes God works in those big events, but God said, listen, I've done the big events. You know about that fire. You know about the resurrection of the dead. You know all of that. Now just listen to my voice. Now don't confuse your voice with God's voice. Because I hear people, oh, yes, God told me to divorce my wife. No, God did not. God told me to rob the 7-Eleven. No, God did not tell you to do that. Because God's voice is always going to be in line with His Word. And the reason we are dying in America as Christians is because nobody's reading a book. All right? Read the Word. I don't care if you read a, a, a sentence a day, a chapter a day. I, I'm in a deal with my brother where we're, we're going to read through the Bible twice a year. It's about eight chapters uh, a day. And you, the, the goal there is just don't miss a day because it gets ugly quick. Um, But we decided that we didn't want to to rush it. But at the same time, we wanted to try to get through the whole book twice in a year. So we would face everything in the Old Testament and the New Testament twice during the year. And we would get all of that into our heads for, for discussion. And you keep the Word of God running around in your head. Because the noise in the world is deafening. The world and, And the thing is, everything that you and I hold dear, the world's telling us we're crazy. And I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but if you've ever been around a person who's addicted, I don't care, alcohol, drugs, whatever, you try to have a conversation with them. Within five minutes, they'll convince you that you're drunk. And you'll be standing there going, Wait a minute, I haven't had anything to drink for 30 years. But they'll convince you that what you saw, you didn't see. What you, what you heard, you didn't hear. And that's what the noise in the world does. And you've got to turn it off. You've got to turn it all off and have a place where you and God can talk. Or maybe where you don't talk. Where you just listen. Because that's what Elijah needed to do. Because every time God said, okay, here I am. What do you want to talk about? What do we get? Same old record. I'm all alone. And God just listens. But the best thing he had going for him was when he sat and was still. And he just listened to the presence of God. Now, look, I don't know where that is for you. Mountains are hard to find here in Florida. So the beach, your backyard... Uh, John Maxwell talks about a thinking chair. He says he he has a thinking chair. And the only time he goes and sits in that chair is when he wants to think. Probably would would behoove all of us to do a little more thinking. But he said, I just go and think about God when I sit in that chair. That's pretty good. But then here's the winner to the story. After he he gets done complaining, we've done 40 days, God's letting him vent. God said, "Okay, it's time you go back to the job you've been called to do. What's his job? Well, he's prophet." And he said, "Listen, Elijah I got news for you. You're not alone. 7,000 people. I know they've killed a lot of our prophets, a lot of my people, but there's still 7,000 people in Israel that are still faithful to me. They still love me. They still love my word." So when you look around, you realize, "Hey, you know what? I'm not alone." Because that's that's what Satan wants you to believe. You're it. You're alone. Nobody loves Jesus but you. Nobody loves the Bible but you. Nobody cares about biblical principles but you. And you feel like you're on an island. And sometimes you are. And you need to look outside that island and realize, no, there's still two or three billion of us wandering the planet that all love Jesus. You are not alone. And once he tells him that, what's he do? He says, Elijah, you need to get back To doing what i told you to do. Because that's where the therapy concludes, my friends. The therapy didn't conclude by more and more and more therapy. It concluded with, okay, now I need to go give back. So... What's that mean? Well, time for me to go work in the children's department. Time for me to go help the teens. Time for me to start a Bible study. Time for me to to go out and serve. It's time for me to quit thinking about me and go do what God told me to do in the first place. Wow. So what do we do? I don't know. Because I don't know where you're at. And some of you, you're very readable. Some of you are very, very good at hiding. What's going on inside of you? When, when I went through my difficult time, nobody would have known except the very inner core of my family. Because I'm just wasn't going to come up here on stage, and I wasn't ready for that. But every one of us, one out of two, is dealing with something right now. Turn off the noise. Get alone with God. Go find that place. You don't have to go to that cave. Go find a place where you and God can be alone and turn it all off and then remember, hey, I am not alone. There's people here that will talk to me, pray with me, love me, help me. This is a safe place because we've all been there. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for that promise that we're never alone. And I suppose it's always been noisy. Even Jesus repeatedly had to get away. He had to get away from the Romans. He had to get away from his own disciples. He got so sick of the questions and the noise. And he just wanted to be alone with you and listen. God, forgive us for not emphasizing that enough. Yes, we need to go and we need to do, but before we go and do, we need to stop and listen. Let you restore our souls. So, Father, the needs in this room, they're immense. Some very visible, some not visible at all. But all known to you. So speak, Father, through them. In Jesus' name, amen. This is, I'm going to send it back to the campuses now. Pastor David and Pastor Michael will take it uh, on their ends. And what we're going to do here is it'd be real easy to walk off the stage now and you can say, okay, uh, great geology, great geography map, uh, okay, somewhat interesting, but never deal with what we really came to talk about. So let's just take a minute and be real, right? For me, it was, it was 10 years ago and um, I just broke and I can't tell you. Um, I had counselors, good friends of mine that I was going to, to get help and I'm just sitting there crying and they'd say "What, what's wrong with you? and I said, would you tell me? I'm I'm paying you to tell me and and they would laugh at me and we would talk and and they talked me through a lot of things, they sent me to my doctor, I got on some medicine that was helpful, they said Joe, you've pushed your body as far as you can push it and you're bodies run out of gas and you've got to take time to refuel your mind your soul your heart your life your family you got to pull back from that and i sat repeatedly and i cried you all don't know this there were times at the other building where i was in the in the parking lot on the phone crying saying i can't walk in there and preach i can't do it I know what it feels like. In fact, I told people I would take leukemia double again over the bout of anxiety and depression that I went through. It's the ugliest thing I've ever gone through. So I'm here to tell you there's help. And there'll be a prayer team over here. There'll be a prayer team over here. If you need to accept Jesus, that's the first thing we're going to ask you on either side is where are you with Jesus? If you need to accept Jesus, we need to get that right. Out in the lobby, there's a table set up. Um, you sign up. There's different books and things. They're all free. We're paying for all of them. We want to get you help. You can sign up for biblical counseling. You can sign up for the books and the booklets. We, we had a whole bunch, and last night they took all of them. Okay. Um, <clears throat> listen, you probably don't need it, but your cousin does. So pick up a copy. Sign up for a copy for your cousin. Does that make you feel better? All right. Maybe it's your uncle that needs some help. It's okay. It's okay. But I know your pastor does. And I'll tell you what, I had two pastor friends that walked me through it, that cried me through it, that got me the medical help I needed and it's why I'm able to still stand here today and do the job that God's called me to do. <clears throat> <clears throat> So I don't know where you are, but I'm not doing this for you. I can't do this part for you. So it's just going to be a, a quiet time. And you pray, you and God, God, what do I need to do? Do I need to go up front and get somebody to pray with me? Do I need to go get those resources? Do I need to walk out of here and call my doctor's office and make an appointment? You need all of it, folks. You need all that help working together.